Hmm. What topic okay. are we on now? I forgot. Okay. So. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I I wanted to ask. Okay. What? Oh my god. This this oh, I I was gonna tie it into a, something we were talking about earlier, but I forgot what it ties into. But I just want. I know I wanted to ask. What do you think characterizes an artist? What does it mean to be an artist? What does it mean to be an artist? Um, <laughs> I guess anyone who just... Mm-hmm. Should I say desires or actually does? I'm gonna say anyone who creates things to express themselves. Like that is the simplest and most broad term I can give because, you know, an artist is such a broad thing. Um, okay, wait, but now I'm thinking politics. I'm like, are politicians artists if they're trying to express themselves? <laughs> um, okay, an artist is anyone <laughs> who can express their emotions. <laughs> oh no, wait, ah, that doesn't work. You're contradicting yourself, Karina. Um, yeah, that's my Mm. simplified definition. I think that's the best I can do. Anyone who creates art, well, what is art? Anyone who creates art that expresses their own human experiences or just expresses their own human, expresses human emotion, maybe? That is better, more objective. Um, But there's just so many, so many ways. And the thing is that label, because it's so loose, anyone can use it, right? Um, it you can be you can just you can not manipulate but you can you can alter it to fit whatever that you are doing. So if you are vandalizing on a street, that's a crime. But if you're vandalizing in the neighborhood, <laughs> right, and you create beautiful art, you know, then you become Bansky, Bansky, and you are praised. And I love him. I absolutely love his stuff. But like when you think about it, you're like, wait, it's not illegal, but yeah. It's in the name of art, so it like works, I guess. So, yeah. what a what a fun place yeah. to be. What a fun place to explore. I wanna I wanna um get your thoughts on this. We were talking about it a bit um before, which is the idea of an artist being insane. Oh my gosh. Artists, what is, what, do you think there's a connection between insanity and um, the greatness of an artist? I'm going to say yes. So <laughs> Just from my own experiences? <laughs> yes. I don't think... <laughs> it's not like a... Okay, just because it correlates does not mean... Correlation does not prove causation. <laughs> Bio. Um, just because somebody is insane does not mean... You don't have to be insane to be a good artist, okay? That's the first thing. You do not have to be crazy in order to create important or wonderful art. But there is like, you know, a little bit of a correlation throughout history, throughout even my own life. Like when we're overtaking with emotion. Can you hear me, Kristen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Do I, am I frozen? Oh yeah, I was just like, she's freezing. I might just be talking to myself right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll just, I think like when like, we're at extreme, extreme, extreme levels of emotion, we can translate that into very powerful art. You know, we people can experience this, um, and obviously we're thinking more like the more abstract versions of art, right? We're thinking like paintings, music, or 
song poetry. Like when we're at those intense levels of feelings, then we can, you know, it, it, people who read or experience your art can also feel it. So that's why I think, you know, if you're a little bit insane, you create good art. Um, also, if you're a little bit, you know, wonky, it allows you to just get off like the barriers that art already has for you, you know? Uh, a lot of, I think, of oh, good, like, when we think of good art, it's people who made a really big difference, whether in the world or in the art world. So, for the sake of your own good, <laughs> don't go insane for the sake of art. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know a single artist who has a great legacy, who isn't de mentally deranged in some way. <laughs> oh, there's gotta be I guess a few. No! Oh, I mean, which one of them had a functioning life, a functioning social life? Okay, they were all, they were all like recluse, or they were all uh, very incredibly disagreeable, couldn't function with people. You know, I think in order to be an artist, in order to create um, great art that will speak to the masses, you have to be able to. I you know, I guess great artists. I guess when I'm talking about great artists, I mean original artists who created their own style, okay, became, um, created their own canon, redefined the canon. And okay. originality, by definition, is rule-breaking. And you're, you're capable of not conforming, or maybe you are just someone who not conforms to moral codes or proper uh, social decorum and you transcend it the artist to me seems amoral they don't have any consideration for morality because when you do it boxes you in with your artistic creation i mean come on who's who's an artist who was happy okay no happy person has ever had a great legacy in no art. come on what about my angelo <laughs> she was like pretty like okay obviously who? nobody is like, I say Maya Angelou for poetry. Like, she might not be what you consider, okay, a great, like, Da Vinci kind of artist, but her impact is still really relevant in our world, right? So, do you know who Maya Angelou is? Angelou? Please tell me you've Maya heard Angelo. of her. What? <laughs> She's repeating the words. Have you not uh, studied no, her in school? No, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I guess no. she's a little bit, she's more recent. No, I mean, you but... don't know who. Okay. Okay, true, true. You should know who. Who Mangiani is? Who's my Angelo? Who the heck is my Angelo? Okay, no, no, no. All these new Instagram poets are tenth-rate. Okay, an Instagram poet, like, Kristen. Uh, <laughs> she's dead. Oh, yeah. um, well, she's oh. like in the civil rights period, so I guess it's like quite recent. It's, it's, it is, yeah. Um, but you know what? Yeah, for for those very very impactful, like like even after centuries after they've passed away um they probably do have to be pretty insane yeah <laughs> but you know what i think we're all a little bit insane like how do you think do you know anyone who is normal and they're they like completely completely mentally stable and everything goes okay for them like it's it's a part of life i guess artists are just able to transfer that kind of like those events in their lives or those mental like those issues and are able to you know put them into art so one of the things my mom 
says to me because you know sometimes I'm a little bit you know emotional no? <laughs> and so what she says is like Karina you have the ability to feel a lot so there's two ways that you can do you know you can go on with this you can either sulk or just become like let it consume you fall into despair or you can take that kind of that kind of uh, dark energy and then you can make it into art and you can make something you can write something down you can make something that's worth worth this like I don't know worth worth doing for and so even if it turns out like oh complete God. crap I... oh can you hear me i i can hear you you know what we sound like we sound like those old people <laughs> seniors on zoom <laughs> <laughs> hi can you see me <laughs> yeah <laughs> no like old people just talking normally because they, they i don't know they don't have their hearing aids in <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Weird. Oh, respect. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in Chinese, you call like old people who act very childish, like childish, uh, lao xiao har. Lao xiao har. Like we're like xiao, xiao lao hai, <laughs> xiao lao ren. Well, yeah, we, we're, yeah, we're yeah, xiao lao ren. Yeah, we're xiao lao. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're eighteen we years old. Oh, we're such babies, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like uh, we've been in this incubator for the past four years known as high school and now we're beginning to crawl. That's what it's like. Objectively, I mean, everything seems so profound right now. Everything seems so meaningful, but it's crazy to think viewers i may look back on making i don't know these podcasts and be like ha stupid <laughs> no totally i feel that i like oh man i'm gonna look back on this and just think she thinks she knows what she's talking about karina you got no clue what's gonna happen um yeah mm. but you know what it's okay i'm okay i love to feel naive and stupid sometimes and say things that are probably way too optimistic for the reality of the, of the world, but good. I mean, if we don't romanticize things, then what is the incentive to pursue them? Right? Yeah. You know, what I really admire about yeah. my, my younger self, <laughs> I'm speaking like it's another person. It's, <laughs> what I really admire, I like, like you said, at that age, at grade eight, when it's just starting high school, is that like, there's no limitation. Like I felt, there's still no limitations now, but I didn't feel like I was limited in any way back then because no one has ever told me <laughs> that I couldn't do it, you know? So it was a really, really free, like, era for me to just, like, you know what? F this, and, like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make this video, and I'm gonna make these things, and it was really fun at the time, and looking back, I find it actually really meaningful, even if it wasn't super good. So I think whatever we're doing now, you and your podcast, they're, they're, they're very meaningful and um, they might be really cringy in five, ten years, but they are they are a time capsule, mm-hmm. like you said, and that's awesome. Yeah. Would you define podcasting as an art because I'm creating something to express myself? I think totally. There's obviously it's like a different technique to it, but there's definitely a technique that you have to practice and learn, right? It's like you, you know, it's it's a difficult thing and um. What's your favorite podcaster? Who's your favorite podcaster? 
Um, I really enjoy listening to Jordan Peterson's podcast. Oh my god, I talk about him way too much on these podcasts. And I really enjoy Russell Brand's podcast. He used to be an actor. Oh my goodness, the oh the way this guy just speaks is so absolutely beautiful. Perhaps that is an art speaking. That is, it's like the words are his paint, and his audience is the canvas. The mind of his audience is his canvas. He just, yeah, the way that he combines words is incredible. The way that he forms his sentence. He's like Shakespeare in a way. I've been reading Shakespeare a lot. Um, hey, wh- why do people think Shakespeare is boring? I don't understand. <laughs> because, okay. We, have you we read the not, English? <laughs> we are not taught. I. What do you mean have I read the English? Have I read English. That's my first language. Okay. But like, so, it's so yes, hard I to understand. What, yeah, you don't sorry. like it? I, I enjoy his, like, his, uh, storylines. <laughs> it takes me a while to get into it, because, like, you can't read it for too long, you know? Like, once you read every word for word, I'm like, I don't know what he's saying. But if I read it like a, like a song, kind of like I just flow through it, I, I get it a little bit more. Yeah. Yes. That's what you have to do with poetry. Listen modern man have this propensity we try to inject Chanel and logic into too many things we have too much of an apollonian mind okay where it we can't do that with poetry you really have to as you mentioned you just have to read it you just have to feel you just have to just you're just it's a passive receiver of stimulus you just have to let it hit you don't try to understand it you know that's that's what i do with movies i watch it I watch it, and then it just consumes me afterwards. But you have to see the whole entire narrative arc and how it plays out first. Don't try to analyze it segment by segment by segment to know. Poetry, literature, you have to... It's a painting that is constructed and deconstructed over time, and you cannot see the final picture until the end of the movie. But in IB, in IB, we are taught, because I'm in literature, right? HL mm-hmm. literature. We're taught how to uh syntax, diction, imagery, metaphor, simile, etc. Very devices, but we're not how to develop an artistic eye or artistic ear, right? We are not able to see it as a piece of art, but rather a work where we can extract global issues from. You know, throw back mm-hmm. to the IO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I wonder if that can be like a, a thing that's taught, though. You know, like my friend was asking me for help. How do you analyze a poem? Like, you just you just get it. <laughs> and I was like, oh shoot, that's not good advice. <laughs> um, like you can definitely look at you know, like literary devices, try to understand what is happening, scatsy. Um, but at the same time, you also have to like, you have to understand <laughs> you have to understand the language. Um, and the you know the the connotations that come with the sentences. So it's like, man. I hope I can learn how to teach that to people someday because it's a great thing for people to have, you know? It's like a gift to experience, but it's hard to like systematically teach it so far, what I know, yeah. Um, I was lucky because my mom really values the experience of traveling. Uh, I went to um, the museum at a very young age when I was eight. I didn't understand a single thing. I just saw a bunch of naked people. I saw a bunch of butts, okay? like like tiny dicks i don't know why like every single like sculpture that is male has anyways right. i was i was eight years old i was like mom why are you showing me 
I don't know, glorified pornography. So, um, but I, I had this sense of arts instilled into me from a very young age. I consumed it for, from a very young age. So I'm able to develop this understanding that I have now. So people just need to consume it more. And what is the reason for doing that? I don't know. It enriches your life. I mean, that's all that there is. And that, that, that's why it's, and it's, that's important in and within itself. It, it enriches mm. your life. I, I really 100% agree with that one. Um, yeah, I mean, our life is pretty boring hey. if you think about it. So <laughs> you, need, <laughs> you need those glorified statues <laughs> with their tiny <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, but okay, we've been talking about like beautiful art. Okay, art mm -hmm. that represents glory and virtue. But what about macabre art? What about, about really fucked up art? Oh my god! Because that's We're my that's my stuff. That's what I like. <laughs> oh, Kristen, you're so weird. <laughs> I know. I think it's thank you. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. hmm. How 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 weird do we want to get with the <laughs> the artwork? Oh. No, the thing is, like, oh, I was gonna say. When we're looking at beauty and art, it's it's very one-sided what we're what we're trying to explain, right? Because just because something is aesthetically pleasing for the majority does not mean that it is the definition of being aesthetically pleasing, right? There's there's different ways to view what is beauty and what is art. I personally think okay, I'm not a huge fan of um, what you were mentioning, but I have a very deep appreciation for it because like. I think there's something beautiful in the things that are very not beautiful. You know, there's 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 a kind of like in life there's a balance that you need to have. We're gonna get very Karina life <laughs> philosophy. There's like that balance of dark and light in the art artwork in the natural way that we view the world. There's a balance between the things that aren't great and things that are, right? Like we need to have both. I don't think we should just dis like discriminate against uh, like grotesque artworks or artworks that touch on topics that aren't very um, socially enlightening or anything like that. Like it's, you don't have to agree or you don't have to love it, but you know, it's essential to have them there for you to understand, right? Or to try to decipher and try to analyze. And yeah, what, what kind of art more specifically are you into? Like, do you classify, like, um, Salvador Dali, like, surrealism in that category, or something more intense? <laughs> the, the picture, the painting of Satan consuming, oh, uh, his oh, time, yeah, I, I know think. that. Yeah, I see it. I just, I forget who it's by, but... Manifested in paintings, although, it's something that I want to dive deeper into, it's just that I'm interested in too many things, okay? Mm -hmm. But, I really like, uh, movies that are that that explore really dark themes um traditionally i guess you can call them snuff films but i really like psychological horror uh for instance you know cycle psycho by alfred hitchcock i like all alfred hitchcock films you know they explore the immensity of nature and how they they consume us they possess us not not nature in like in terms of a benevolent Okay, 
I, I really like Alfred Hitchcock because he explores um, nature, but not nature as in benevolent, creative, nurturing power, but but nature as in the dark, bestial, shadowy impulses that we are forced to abide by. That are amoral. Immoral. Mm-hmm. I would say they're amoral, right? They don't consider morality at all. So, yes, I really like that. I, not because... You know, I resonate it. I resonate with it in any way. You know, I'm very much so human. I'm not a beast, but it's very fascinating. It's intriguing, and it's this safe space, so to speak, where you're able to explore ideas through many layers of separation from your reality without the guilt that you may feel when you're thinking about these things. Just at 2 a.m. in the morning when you're lying down in your bed and you are you have nothing better to do but i don't know who would fantasize about this unless you're insanely psychopathic but uh the idea of someone stalking a woman and uh killing her Her but that's what psycho is about but okay (laughs) (laughs) what did you say in the last five seconds oh no, Psycho explores the psychology of a killer, and I find that very intriguing. Yeah, it's interesting how how intrigued we are towards these kind of, I don't know, gory and unpleasant human um, I don't know, aspects of life. I don't or emotions. Like that's why I think you know true crime is such a popular field of. Um, of entertainment in a way like it's and not entertainment but like it's something that you know podcasting they talk about a lot and i'm drawn to it as well just listening to why do humans do these things right and i don't think there's obviously there is like a line but this kind of film mm-hmm. and this kind of art like style and medium it's just it is fascinating and honestly it is just fascinating like i don't know why i'm drawn to it as well but I haven't seen the films as much though, especially not Alfred Hitchcock, but a lot of like sculptures or artworks um, that I that I have viewed before. Yeah, there's, there's something that's very raw and very vulnerable in those kind of themes. So I think there's, that's why people like them or are people are drawn to them, you know? Can you hear anything that I'm saying right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. I am. I wish I could give you like a signal, but like I can't hear frozen. So. <laughs> give me the signal of your voice. This kind of these these things in art is very they're very raw and very um very fascinating for us to explore like our vulnerabilities and maybe our more subconscious desires or thoughts. And I think they're it's, it's good to like you know experience like, these different perspectives even if you don't agree with them or you don't like them that much right they're just yeah they're part of the human experience in a way so interesting to explore how many mm. times have i said that line in this whole podcast <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> well i think it, it's kind of interesting because whenever i talk to artistic people and I ask them, what is it that you do? 
Honestly, I don't know too many artistic people. There's people who are artistic, but I wouldn't call them artists, okay? I would say, I would call you an artist, yeah. So, whenever I talk to people who are artistic and ask a lot of whys, okay? When I demand answers from them, what are you? What is it that you do? They don't like that. <laughs> they, they don't have an answer, you know. Um, they, they just do it. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that was kind of my instinct answer whenever you asked me questions about, like, you know, what what has your artistic career been like or why did you, what's your, like, motivation behind this piece? Because the honest, like, the, when I do it, I'm just... On, most of the time, I'm just doing it. <laughs> like I, I'm not thinking too much about what is the result that I want exactly. I have it like a general direction, but usually the result differs from what I have imagined, anyways, right? So, it's a very, very hard thing to like instill into a definition or into a process. But when I reflect back on it, like I'm reflecting back on my work, I'm like, okay, I did go through these things, and you know, at the end, I came to this conclusion. So that's what I can tell people. You know, so I I don't blame them for you know not having an answer because most of the time, if I'm being completely honest, I don't have an answer <laughs> to to it, and then that frustrates me as well because it it feels like we should know what why we do the things we do, right? But when we're experiencing it from like a first point of first person point of view, maybe <laughs> I don't know if that's right, but if we're just experiencing it in the moment, it feels so like intangible. But when we reflect back on it, like we go backwards and we think, okay, what happened? That makes it a little bit more, more um, solidified. You know, like we're like, oh, this is what I was doing, and this is why I did it, maybe. And yeah, so that's why it's IB taught me it was important <laughs> to reflect on our work <laughs> and evaluate mm-hmm. um, each at each process. And yeah, yeah, I resonate with it. I, I never, I never know what I want to take photos of. But when I see something, instantly there's an image that pops into my head, and I, I. <laughs> she. She freezes in shock. I can't hear you, Kristen. I should give you a nickname for this. <laughs> Static, Kristen. Frozen, Kristen. Oh. I see Kristen. I like that name. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> Karina. Oh, now I can hear you, Karina. Oh my God! Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Dude. Kristen looks like she's in deep thought right now on the Facetime. I'm not sure if she's in deep thought right now. If she's just, she's actually frozen. Deep. Oh, we got a blimp. We got like oh. little. Little sequels of Christian's voice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. I... This is so funny on my end. I could honestly just talk to myself for the next hour. <laughs> no, come back, Kristen. Come back. Karina. She's back. Yay. Hi. I can hear you. Hello. Hi. Unless you guys want an ASMR right now. I'm not sure if it's still recording, but it's worth a try. <laughs> oh my god. She's frozen, frozen. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of ASMR with Karina. <laughs> Today I'm going to... I've been told I have a very good voice to like... Like it's soothing, so... 
maybe I could talk. I could do like those night podcasts, like go to sleep podcasts. You whisper into a microphone and make make some make some cash, bro. That's my chopsticks. That's my phone. I can hear your voice like come in and out, but I can't hear what you're trying to say at all. I hear like, oh, Korea. <laughs> well, we'll save this one for the books. You look so cute, Kristen. <laughs> so guys, thank you so much for coming to our podcast. <laughs> it's been delightful talking about art, talking about where we are in our life. And we hope that to our future selves, we can, you know, reflect back on this time of our teenage years. <gasps> I'm an adult. Never mind. And our young adult years and you know appreciate how much we have grown since then <laughs> give me your favorite line from shakespeare let's see if i can hear you uh she would have died hereafter there would have been time for such a word uh tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day and all our tomorrows have um Lighted fools, the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle, life is but a walking shadow. A poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and... <laughs> Am I still here? Yeah, you're still here. Try it like this. It'll be, it'll be like, um, we'll just lay down and then look up at the ceiling top. It'll be a nice vibe. Okay. Oh, I need to lay down. Okay. <laughs> so photography. Okay. So Shakespeare. Oh wait, not Shakespeare. Oh my God, sorry. <laughs> uh, photography. Um. So I never think about what I want photograph. Right. There. I never thought to myself prior to taking a photo. Oh, I like taking photo of. of old people's faces and uh, baby heads, right? But whenever I'm scanning my environment, suddenly my eyes just focus and zero in on something. And then I'm like, and this mental image appears and I am like, oh, I need to recreate this. But then most of the time, my product is completely different from what I'm, what I had previously imagined. However, that anxiety that drive that anger that i cannot create what is in my head i don't know for some reason it feel, it's almost like a positive uh, emotion it, it it compels me to photograph even more because of this frustration to never be able to capture what is going up in my brain hmm that's that's a very very cool cool thing that I think a lot of people share actually like especially when we're thinking of like things that when you draw it down right or you, or you write it down there's like an image in my mind I'm like I want it to look like this and it never turns out like that <laughs> and maybe it's like a skill that I have to master in order to make you know correctly convey what's in our minds onto um into real life I think it's maybe it's a skill but with photography 
it's definitely just what's in front of you or the the things that you choose to focus on right yeah yeah i love i love that like that experience when you like you see something you're like yes i need that <laughs> to be remembered i need to capture that it's a i don't know if it's an instinct or something that you have to learn but it feels like an instinct mm. yeah i think i is something that definitely needs to be trained i don't think everybody is creative i don't i don't necessarily agree with make art so uh, no making i don't agree okay there there's this movement um that first originated with uh flexus which is this artistic movement from the 20th century they everybody is an artist everybody is creative like no creativity is um very closely linked with intelligence it's like saying everybody's intelligent like no that's not true some people are not intelligent so different uh, of intelligence yeah creativity mm -hmm. is the same thing uh i don't know mm, no there's skills that you can develop and become good at but intelligence is uh, uh means that you are able to develop those skills faster than other people. Hmm. Okay. So but yeah, what, what I don't. Are you saying I don't really. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> what were you saying with yeah, um, the okay, creative, so was, creativity? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, art seems to me, and the appreciation of art, uh, needs to be. There's different levels of. Uh, there is a layman who can just look at the art and appreciate it for its beauty, but in order to uh, analyze it, to analyze not only the meaning of the art, the techniques that are used in this specific painting, but because I don't think a lot of people are in tune enough with their own emotions to understand the atmosphere and the tone that is created through this painting. Mm -hmm. Throw back to IB atmosphere. Yeah. And their things. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think naturally, like, for me, I, it's hard for me to view, like, oh, you don't see this tone from this passage or something. Because it's just a, it's a natural thing for me, right? Like, um, I'm lucky, like, in terms of I've just always been naturally more creative not more like just naturally leaning towards creativity and art and so yeah for i don't realize that like people sometimes just don't understand it so maybe there is like a difference in where we begin with but i think you can definitely learn it you can definitely learn it through you might not learn it to the same degree or just the same depth but you can definitely learn the, the like how do you see something that's creative how do you see the tones that that's emitted from this passage? Yeah, that's why school's mm -hmm. there, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely are an a, a exception. You're definitely quite the intelligent person. I mean, yeah. by, by the way, you're quite you're you're quite uh, eclectic in your part. No, you. Wait, did you did you enjoy speech and debate? Um, <laughs> Hello. I was like, no, no, keep complimenting me. Um, I, I did, I did enjoy speech and debate. Yeah, I really enjoyed that new experience of like being challenged on in such like a new skill. 
But I think I like public speaking, like speeches, a little bit more than debate in general. But yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was it was it was again it was another way to like express yourself. So it was it was cool to learn. Would you categorize speech as a form of art? Like, how do you reconcile those? within you like art and public speaking what draws you to them do you think they have something that's similar that is attractive to you mm. so when we do like speeches or like i don't know, like just general speeches what was really what i why i was super drawn to them was because i realized like the impact that i could have on other people like especially when it was I was expressing more personal speeches or um, more like, uh, I don't know, like I felt like they were more motivational or something. It was like they, they were able to impact the people who were listening to them and impact them in a way that affected their way of thinking or at least, you know, kind of shifted their perspective on the world. So I thought that was so cool. I thought that was like, I, was like, I have this power of actually being able to enact <laughs> this change over over the way that other people think and debate also has that but in in a very different style i think so um i was drawn to public speaking because of that because public speaking in itself is just a tool it's just like another medium that you use to express your art if you wish to do so right wood and paper is just materials in your house that you can do for anything you can use for anything but when you insert your own you know ideas into it and you insert your own kind of um significance into it then it can have like a more profound impact so yeah i i would definitely do categorize them as like a maybe a subsection I don't know about debate though, because I'm not super, super experienced in it. What do you think? Do you think debate is like an art form? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I would say... Hmm. It's definitely more like... I kind of like, tapped out a little bit. Structurized, right? Like when you're thinking of when you're writing your IB essays, you have a structure that you're following. You're not exactly expressing everything that you you know that's super personal you're you're following a structure of writing essays especially persuasive essays so that takes away a little bit from the old personal emotional attachment that we have with art but i don't know language is still art so what can you say and this comes back to the adjective versus noun right just because uh, it, you have something that is aesthetic doesn't mean it's art just because you can express yourself doesn't mean that it is art, right? Mm, uh, yeah. I think with debate, at least what I've seen is it definitely has the same profound experience. It's, uh, when you're watching a really great debate speech, it, it's almost as the same experience as, I don't know, looking at uh, Michelangelo's uh, David. It, it's a very, uh, you see this person they're on the stage. They're they're lifted up on a pedestal. They they seem so perfect, right? They project this ideal, and that has an aesthetic value. The way they speak has an aesthetic value. You know, it's, it's like music in a way. But what it? I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I. It's okay. It's, it's okay yeah. to have the answers, honestly. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps we can tackle the question of what is the purpose of art? Like, what is the purpose of art? I mean, the fact that it, it, it can leave an impression on an individual or on a group of people in society, like maybe as a whole, um, maybe is the most you know applicable definition that we can give to all the different types of art that there is, right? It leaves an impression and an impact on whoever experiences it. Whether or not that impact is like, good bad whether it's like propaganda like you've said before i maybe maybe <laughs> but it, it it also is kind yeah. of just like how do you how do you interpret that into into your own definition oh my god <laughs> kristen this is so hard <laughs> to answer what is the purpose of art here i can answer that for myself though that's the only way that i can do it mm-hmm. i can answer that my purpose in art is to honestly just just to make like a more um, make a positive difference in the world because when i say positive i mean like i don't i want my art to do good more than it does harm and even though that's hard to control sometimes um we 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 can kind of guide it so that it you know it is enacting good things and good and more positive experiences for whoever's viewing it so yeah that's that's what I did, but on my unif- university application, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote something else. I wrote, I wanted to like become functional and aesthetically pleasing for the world. Like I wanted to serve the world in a way, you know. It's this is the thing. I appreciate art for art itself, but I also want it to have like a function. Like I want it to actually be able to make a difference that is beyond just visual or emotional in somebody's life. So that's kind of why i chose industrial design as well hopefully that it can improve people's lives um but you know those feelings when you just read a really good book or you're you're watching a film or music or you're you you walk into this like gallery like that that feeling i really want to capture that when i have the money (laughs) and power to do so (laughs) because that's expensive probably but you know like that's that's Mm. the end goal i guess Uh uh-huh Mm-hmm. No, I was reading this um, book. It's called The Philosophy of Aesthetics, and um, in one like chapter or one essay within the book, it talks about yeah. So the Eskimos and the Inuit they saw two planes of existence that existed simultaneously which is the supernatural, the eternal, the world of the soul, right? And then there is the cold, unresponsive material uh, world see through our senses. And they saw art as a gateway which connected the two. So while I think that we can have aesthetic, functional, practical objects and, uh, and images, but I still think that we should reserve this space for something to show us a transcendent ex- reality, right? Because how boring is, is it if everything was so practical, was so bound, so bound to the earth, so bound to reality? There's no sense of the divine and the transcendent. There's no romanticism in the world. Everything is too rational, too cold. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? 
you just sent me into like a space like whoa <laughs> like whoa <laughs> that was a deep one bro <laughs> oh whoa <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that that is that is essentially the whole purpose of the existence of art right when we think about dating it back to the stone age why did they make those carvings and in like the caves and stuff people theorized that they they didn't really know what they were doing but maybe in a way they did and then throughout all of time like it was just it was just like another way out of like the physical world you know you know like it's something beyond and we need that because i think it's depressing <laughs> in the physical world sometimes like it's mm-hmm. boring and bland and it's we already know what's going to happen and but at the same time like in our mind what we experience is so different from maybe like what we see just outside so it's a way to explain what's happening in our mind i think um and yeah that's a what was it called the book philosophy of art uh uh the philosophy of aesthetic i can send oh. you a picture of it I honestly I it's seen a, the title it, I just didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it was um my school when we were moving into the new building for my school. Uh they just put out a bunch of old books from the library and it was in it and I thought, "Hey, free book." And I took it. It turned out to be pretty damn. So, okay. So the second part that I want to talk about is the, the Okay. Actually, I just have a question because we were talking about like avant-garde art before, mm-hmm. like we dabbled around the idea. Do you think the avant-garde still exists? Probably the last avant-garde artist was Andy Warhol, but he embraced pop culture, right? He embraced mm-hmm. the media. He embraced the commercialization of art. And that sent art into this new wave where everybody the main mainstream was avant-garde the mainstream was to define uh redefine old uh conceptions of art and just become more uh out there and more original than the last mm-hmm. person right but uh, yeah so uh, the avant-garde is dead in a way i think it's dead in like the sense of like what we usually think of art mediums right when we think of paintings like okay maybe we've reached our limit in exploring the different ways of 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 presenting paintings or 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 2D stuff but i think the idea of avant-garde is going to take a new direction and i do think it's still i don't know if it exists right now cuz it's kind of hard to like evaluate that when we're still like you know experiencing everything but maybe it's definitely going to happen in the future um and it's definitely going to just take another shift it's just going to be so unfamiliar that we might not categorize it with w- what it historically has been you know uh and i'm trying to think of what could categorize as it now uh i guess the main thing was what's this guy name taka takashi Takashi Murakami. Oh my god. They said oh. it, right? <laughs> I thought you were talking. Dude, I thought you were going to talk about Takashi 69. 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> um, I'm I'm a really big fan of this guy. So, <clears throat> Murakami. Man, I really hope I'm pronouncing this right. I can't pronounce English words. So Takashi Murakami, um, he's he's like a more modern, famous, alive artist of this world, and uh, what he creates is really what I said, like merging, um, merging pop culture, what we view as like low quality art with high quality art. So what he does is takes a lot of like anime and stuff like that, combines it with his sculptures, with his style. It's very fun, and it's what we don't really think as high class art. And so, what he what he's done is like he's commercialized basically his style. And I think this is maybe a way of like looking at something that you know goes off the mainstream. We don't think of this as like what art can enter into, but you know he's doing it. It's not super super like my like extremely off the path though. Um, I think maybe with when we when we look at like different ways to express art, whether it's through uh, like more I don't know 40, 40 movies or something, <laughs> maybe there's something that will pop up in the next few years that just completely blows our mind, and then someone will take that and transform it into some kind of art form. Yeah, but he's the one that I think is the more um just like he's he's his his way of approaching art i think differs from a lot of people so yeah that's the only person i can really think of now yeah but you think it's dying like it's not gonna happen avant-garde avant-garde i'm just looking at like examples of some things fashion is probably going to be a good industry to extend in Oh, oh my goodness yeah fashion fashion Fashion, fashion, the possibilities is list still. Okay, I I used to be very passionate about fashion in grade nine and ten. I would watch fashion shows <laughs> as a pastime, and mm-hmm. oh, my favorite, uh, my favorite collection, Christian Dior, two thousand gone. I think it's two two thousand three spring summer haute couture. It's so oh my god! Wait, Christian Dior, two thousand three. You know, I've never really explored fashion. I'm not sure why, but I definitely want to because it's fantastic. Look at this stuff. It's basically walking art. <laughs> walking paintings. Amazing. From like makeup to shoe to hair to the walk. Stunning. So you saw, did you see it? Yeah, I looked at it. Mm-hmm. It's fusion of Victorian era, like voluptuous. Dress dresses and Asiatic, Japanese, Korean, um, Chinese traditional wear, and I, Iris uh, Van Iris Van Harping, I think, is another artist that is very techno futuristic with her uh, material. She uses a lot of 3D uh, printing and um, and plastic in her designs. So. There's an idea that we talked about two hours ago where we said that art doesn't exist in isolation, but it can also exist in tandem with the environment. The mm-hmm. way the light would reflect off her art, it would create this uh, holographic effect and it is absolutely beautiful. So I, I truly believe fashion is a high fashion, high fashion. 
the the yeah. fashion that you see on social media street streets where oh my god that's just a fad okay that is gonna die out but true fashion you know like Givenchy Givenchy and how they created this the sleek silhouette of the little black dress uh, on um, Audrey Hepburn you know immortalized through Audrey Hepburn that lives on mm-hmm. it's timeless the black silhouette uh, of the uh, of the sharp heel that is created by Givenchy as well timeless okay these it, it is art combined with crafts arts and crafts totally i would for instance i don't th- i don't think pottery is art oh no why not okay actually i don't know because <laughs> if you show me pottery from uh you know uh, the ancient greek and they mm-hmm. have this very interfetching and um around the pottery detailing you know like mythology and all these stories i would say that has that is art but if you're just evaluating the structure of the pottery and pottery as like a, a pot right that is but you can put a pseudo painting onto a pottery if that makes sense you know you could draw stuff on the pottery hey pottery is the medium for art but yes the man. pot itself is not art mm, yeah I, I yeah that, right? that's better you, phrasing i think uh-huh. yeah yeah because you wouldn't say the the frame of a painting actually no that's not that's exactly true because you have rococo <laughs> art no do you know rococo art like uh in france it's 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 a style of art oh, you do uh-huh. I've seen a little, a little bit, but not too much. Are we talking about the same thing? The painting? Rococo? R- oh, well, I mean, I'm not sure if there's a uh, artistic, like, there's a painting style of Rococo, but Rococo usually, like, uh, very intricate uh, decorations furnishings on architecture and interior interior design in in interior okay wait hold on that's a word right internal design Um, yeah yeah, okay yeah (laughs) I'm not comprehending words anymore yeah so but I I guess you could have a Rococo frame, and that is art. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm just realizing more and more that... Geez, Contradicting ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You can't define art. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. this, whole, cool. this whole time. We just, this is well, the only con- conclusion we came up with. We can't define it. We can't define art. It mm-hmm. will define itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Okay. Wow. That was great. That was. Damn, that went by really quick, quickly, huh? Yeah. I and, did. Okay. So I guess we could just start wrapping up. Final, final question. Final segment. What messages do you have? for future Karina 
future Karina. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I was writing about this the other day because I felt like it was the time to be reflective on our last day of school. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I remember writing like a letter to my future self in grade eight. It was like required by our school. And I realized I was reading it like now. I was like, damn, not a lot has changed. So whatever I say now is probably <laughs> like whatever hopes and dreams I put onto future Karina probably not going to be too different from from what I am now so dear future Karina I hope you are alive and well and I hope that art is still a very integral part of your life no matter what you actually are pursuing or making a living off of um and I don't know the future you know Kristen the thing is the future has always terrified me and I don't know why like I've always wanted to know just why does it scare me like why does it send me into this anxious state but I think it's just because when we don't have control over any like anything uh, when we don't have control over the outcome it, it I don't know some people are like they feed off of that right they feed off the uncertainty but I always feel horrible <laughs> when it comes to that and I'm trying to train myself mm-hmm. not to and so I hope that future Karina has, you know, gotten better at <laughs> facing uncertainty in the future and have has, you know, embraced whatever she has in her life now. And yeah, I, I hope you didn't shave your hair because honestly, your face shape doesn't work with that. It just doesn't. <laughs> you you gotta <laughs> you gotta have something that covers your your like sides and um yeah, I hope you have like a pet because you've been really bad at having pets and um, feed your fish so it doesn't die. Um, try, I hope you're writing something because, you know, I have this weird aspiration to write a graphic novel or like a children's book. So I'm hoping that by then I got it somewhat in the works. Um, and yeah, be okay with just, just being here. You're, you're going to be fine. Um, as long as you're alive, you're honestly just going to be fine. Yeah. What about you? What's your future like? Being able to create beautiful things comes from being in touch with the extremities of the emotional spectrum. If we can't tap into that energy, we can't create beautiful things. Oh, I love that. No, that's a really, that's a really... Yeah. Finish on that line. <laughs> <laughs> you just cut off yeah um, yeah I, I agree oh. you gotta not con- let it consume you but under- like, understand it in order to get out of that kind of uh, mm. darkness but it's yeah it's integral part of our life and you just gotta learn how to balance it dear future Karina yeah. please please balance your life <laughs> try to get into yoga yeah that's my last thing okay I guess the one thing that to answer your question I want to tell my future self that I hope I never lose the part of me that is able to see the beauty in life and to romanticize I hope I never become too cold rational and pragmatic because life is more than just the physical realm that is what art helps you tap into the objective truth and the subjective <laughs> oh my goodness she's gonna be yeah. the most <laughs> philosophical businessman i've ever met <laughs> yeah awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, so I mean, what can I say? I have dimension. You have dimension. Oh, thank you, Karina. <laughs> I, this was a very enjoyable conversation. It was great talking to you. And yeah, so very, very enjoyable, definitely. And that are, that is that is my final thoughts. Would you like to say some final words to the audience? To you, well, future you, to, future. I want to say to you, Kristen, thank you so much for having me because honestly, I find what you're doing really inspiring, and I've always very looked up. I've always looked up to you, so thank you for for having this conversation with me. And to <laughs> anyone who's listening, honestly, you know, just don't let yourself be limited by any kind of self boundaries or other people's expectations of you. Like just. Make whatever the heck you want and be proud of it. Be proud of yourself. So, that's also my message to my future self. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. I loved having you on. Okay.